This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 107 of the Dressage Radio Show, brought to you with the generous support of Equestrian Collections and Kentucky Performance Products. Hello, I'm Chris Stafford, and on the show this week, we're going to hear from German journalist Krim Kraling, who brings us news from the Munich CDI and Hamburg, where she was just last week. And we're also going to hear from Susan Duter, making her debut on the show after a fantastic competition over there in North Carolina, where she was on the top of the leaderboard at the Capital Classic CDI three-star. But first of all, I'd like to thank everyone for their support this week of our Horse World Gives Back campaign Radiothon, which was broadcast live on Monday between 6 and 9 p.m. Eastern. If you weren't able to listen to the live performance, there is a recording of that podcast available at horseworldgivesback.com. And, of course, we had wonderful support for that Radiothon, a three-hour live Radiothon, which I co-hosted with my friends, Glenn the Geek and Jamie and, of course, Helena. Jennifer was producing that. It was the whole of the crew here at the Horse Radio Network who put together this campaign, which will be an ongoing campaign to raise funds for those in need that have suffered from the terrible disasters of the effects of the extreme weather across the country. And we were raising money that evening as uh, part of this campaign, Horse World Gives Back, and the funds were going to organisations. One was the Red Cross, which very kindly hosted us at the Lexington headquarters, and also through the Kentucky Horse Council to the U.S. Equine Disaster Relief Fund. They will be distributing the funds that were raised via the, that radiothon that evening, and also the following day, on June 7th, there was an opportunity to uh, purchase through our affiliated retailers, our participating retailers, of which there were over 50 that took part in this and were donating 5% of the sales on that day to those two funds. So a terrific effort all round. I want to thank some of our friends here on the Dressage Radio Show, our co-hosts who called in and donated to this great cause. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, as I said, you can go back to horseworldgivesback.com and listen to that broadcast. And a very worthy cause, I hope you will agree, to help so many people in need. And it's something that we will continue here on the Horse Radio Radio Network and have an annual Radiothon, so we'll bring you news of that as and when it happens. But for now, we uh, continue with this week's show. We have, as I said, news from Germany, where there were two major competitions this past week, Munich CDI and Hamburg, which this year was uh, international for the first time. And I was able to catch up with uh, my colleague Kim Kreling over in Germany, who follows the sport very, very closely. And uh, this is what she had to say about those two competitions that she attended last week. Well, hello, Kim. I know you've had a pretty busy couple of weeks, haven't you, traveling from Munich, and then you went to Hamburg to the Derby. So uh, how are you feeling after all that traveling? Oh, it was very, very interesting. So I didn't mind the 1,200 kilometers because it's from the very south to the very north of Germany, but it was worth doing it, that's for sure. You saw the first day of competition at Munich. That's a five-star competition, isn't it, the CDI there? 
Yes, but to be honest, I just saw the three-star uh, competition because the five-star only started on Friday, and I was be—I have been there on Thursday for the first start of Tortillas, so I didn't see the five-star one. I just saw the three-star one. Three-star. Well, that was important, as you said, because Tortillas and uh, uh, Alexander Matthias Rat was making his debut with Tortillas. How yes. did they look as a partnership to you, Kim? I have seen a few times those both before, but I was really, really astonished. They did a fantastic job. And I know I'm German and uh, I love dressage, but I think you can ask whoever you want. And they really do a very good job, of course. And we have to say that in their first competition, there were quite a few mistakes. There were some uncertainties or however you would call it that's for sure and the 76 points they think i i think they were perfectly correct and there's plenty of uh, space for them to go but they did a very good job but to be very honest even better it was in the morning because i've been there at about seven o'clock and then i saw matthias and tutilas riding at about eight o'clock the training session Wow, that really was great, great, great. And of course, in the arena, first competition, <laughs> Tortillas was a little more powerful, let's say it that way. And Matthias, for the first minute, seems to be saying, whew, what that's going on. But uh, they came together very well. And I saw the second day on Friday just on the Internet, and it was much better. So I'm now really looking forward to Wiesbaden where the both of them are going to start on uh, Sunday. Well, what do you think is the difference in the way Matthias is riding compared to how he was <laughs> ridden before with Edward? Cool, that's, that's not easy to say. The first thing is that Totilas looks very different because I think he has about 50 to 60 kilos less. So he is more elegant. And a little less power machine, you know what I mean? Yes. It's a little more, uh, it's a little easier maybe, and not that much of power, and and it's a little el more elegant. That's the way I would say. And then of course you see differences. You see, for instance, maybe in the trot uh, session he is a little less spectacular, maybe a little less spectacular. I'm not sure whether that is the right word, but the only one I can say it now. <laughs> but it's a little easier. It, all in all, it looks a little easier, maybe with a little bit less power here and there. And you see quite a big difference, for instance, in the periods. In the periods, the both are not that much together as Advert and Tortellas has been. You can't see this nine or ten point periods, they are now seven or eight points, but I think they'll go on and doing fine. Yes, it's just a very different style of riding. And uh, you know, Matthias is a, is a very gentle, soft rider, isn't he? And uh, yeah. he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't apply the strength. Uh, um, you know, I think he's just brought this up and riding him lighter, perhaps. Lighter, that sounds very good to me. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for the word I'm looking for. Uh, you're, welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, Kim, anytime. Don't ask okay. me to uh, help you out with your, you know, any other language right now, but certainly so, I'll... Uh, of course, sorry, I <laughs> didn't want to interrupt. But what, what we could see is, for instance, in the walk, 
Totilas wasn't relaxed in the walk. We we can say it that way. So maybe they have to have some more experience, some more partnership in the test so that he really gets relaxed in walk and gets more than six or seven in the walk. But you see, for the first time, I think it was marvelous and they did a very good job. And you could see a very big difference from the first to the second day in the arena. And I think that's... Uh, an optimistic way to do. Yeah. Do you think uh, Matthias is getting used to the pressure of riding him and the, the public attention, the media attention, because that was quite overwhelming for him for a while, wasn't it? To be very honest, I have no idea how this little guy, had. A, uh, I would like to say, he's 26 years old and he seems to be so relaxed with everybody of us. I can't believe it. After his first start, after his very first start with this horse, we had a press conference. And after the press conference, Matthias had uh, individual interviews for four hours. Oh. He was smiling. He was relaxed. He was drinking a little beer, maybe. He was talking in German, in English. Whatever you would like to know, he would answer. I have no idea how he could do it that way, but he seems to me absolutely relaxed, fantastic. Of course, you could see his tension riding in the uh, in the arena. That's something different. But before and after, he is really he is in a good mood and. Very, very good. He must have a very good recipe to do to be served. To to be able to relax, that's wonderful. Well, good yeah. for him. So, what else did you see while you were there in Munich, uh, Hubert Schmidt? No, no, no. Hubert Schmidt was riding in Hamburg. In Hamburg, of course. You went down there yes. for the Derby, didn't you? Yes, for the Dressage Derby. That's it. How did that go? It was very exciting, very exciting. It was for the first year international, and there were, as nearly every year, some discussions uh, because the people used to change horses for the final. In the final, there are three persons changing their horses. But, of course, if you would have a very sensitive horse or a very, let's say, old horse or was. Uh, you were able to change a horse, to take another rider's horse or something like that if you didn't want to uh, take your own horse for the final because those final horses have to do three times the same test with three different riders. But this has changed the last two years. <coughs> I'm sorry. And now you have to take the horse, exactly that horse, with which you have qualified. And that was uh, the point of discussion because Hubertus Schmidt, for instance, won the Grand Prix, but with a horse he has himself for nine or ten weeks now, and which is not very experienced. And he said he didn't want to stress the horse and didn't want to do the finals, the final with the changing of the horses. And so he withdraw. And the next one was Andreas Helgstrand. He also withdraw for the final, and then they not only withdraw for the final, but they are also also disqualified from the Grand Prix. So Hubertus Schmidt doesn't exist on Hamburg's results anymore, as does uh, Andreas Helgstrand. They are both 
disqualified and uh, had to go home. So next was uh, Annabel Balkenhol. Uh, of course, we know her from the World Equestrian Games with Dublino. He, she was not sitting with Dub on Dublino, but on her second horse, Rubens Royal. And she said, of course. I started here at the dressage derby because I wanted to be in the final with exactly that horse. And she was uh, the first for the final then. Next one was Kathleen Keller, a very experienced 21-year-old daughter of Dolph Diebram Keller. He used to be a national coach for the young riders here in Germany. And his daughter is <clears throat> very experienced, uh, has done championships as a junior and now had a horse which is 14 years old called Wanda, but very nervous. And he was really a difficulty in the final. Wow, that was interesting. And then on the next place, we had Todd Fletrich from the, from the US, USA, but he also withdraw. So then we had three, uh, two people on the sixth place, which were Lilan Jespen from Norway, 23 years old, and well-known Günther Seidel from USA, and they both wanted to do the final. <coughs> so what had been done? They threw a coin, and the little, the young, sorry, the young Norway, uh, Norwegian Lillian yet won, so Günther Seidel couldn't do it, and he was very sad about that because he really looked forward to be part of the final. But so we had a three-lady final, and that was absolutely fantastic they did such a fantastic job and it was very very interesting and the crowd in hamburg was absolutely fascinated we should mention of course that gunter seidel for uh, our listeners over here kim um, mm -hmm. will know that um, he had that awful accident where he broke his pelvis yes. um, last year falling from you two just after they arrived at Klaus Balkenholz in Germany for uh, training <laughs> last year. So it took him a while to recover from that and uh, obviously happy to be back in the saddle and competing. So a good start for him. I think he's going to do some more shows in Europe. Yes, yes, yes. And I saw him riding several times in Hamburg and it looked, as we know him, really, really nice. Very good. Well, that's great. And uh, it, does any, did anybody else impress you at all? Uh, did you see Todd Fletcher with the Otto? No, I'm sorry, because the qualification was on Thursday, and that was the oh, day yes. when I was in Munich. Well, was in Munich. So I can't really say something about that, but I was wow. really impressed from the young ladies in the final, because if you have seen Wanda, the 14-year-old, who was really, really in a, in a nervous temper because the crowd in, in Hamburg, I'm sorry, was huge. And then the young Lilan uh, Jespen, how she did that job on this very excited horse, that was really nice to see. Also, it was very nice to see Kathleen Keller, 21 years old, <coughs> who sat on Rubens Royale from um, Annabel Walkenhol. And had, uh, I think, 72% with a totally new horse. I think that's fantastic for Kathleen Keller. And it's fantastic, in my opinion, for Annabel because she obviously yeah. did a very good job when her uh, horse is so easily ridden by another rider. So I think it really was a fantastic final and uh, the crowd was uh, clapping all the time.
Uh, well, of course, enthusiastic audiences yeah. in Germany, but two big competitions uh, clashing on the same weekend. They're so hard to divide your time between the two. Yeah. It, it just keeps going. Then what next for you, Kim? Next for me is starting on uh, Friday, the Wiesbaden Pfingstenier, and it's mm -hmm. the 75th, so it's going to be a very big show. We have a little, little problem because after, one week after that, we all already have the German championships. And, you know, if you have one top horse, you're surely not going three, four days before to restart if, the, if you then have to do the German championship. But uh, we have Totilas in Wiesbaden again. We have Isabel Wehrt, who is doing the freestyle with Sachmo. And, yes, we have Laura Bechtholzheimer. So that's for the first time a meeting between Totilas and uh, The, the world champion and Laura's uh, Mistral Heuris, the Vize. So I think it's going to be very interesting. I am so envious of you, Kim. That oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay for me. <laughs> I'm very jealous. You get to see all of those. That's wonderful. What a competition. I hope you'll come back and report again for us from Europe in a couple of weeks' time. How would that be? If you, you, you just seem to go from one competition to another, and I don't think anybody could give us a better report than you because you're watching them all, all of the time. Nearly all, and of course, I, I'd love to come back, sure. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Kim. I really appreciate thank you. it. We'll speak again soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Well, if you were tuned in last week to the Dressage Radio Show, you'll know that uh, I've started a promoting or encouraging young reporters to bring their reports onto the show here from around the country. So if you are under 20 years of age and think you could rep report here, broadcast on the Dressage Radio Show, tell the world about your local show. Maybe it's a GMO, if it's the U.S. Dressage Federation's uh, group membership organization around the country, or indeed around the world. We have listeners, as you will know, all over the world. So we'd love to hear from you. If you're under 20 years of age, give me a call or email me at chris at horseradionetwork.com. You can find out all the contact information on our website, of course. I would love to hear from you. We will be auditioning for those reports from anywhere in the world if you'd like to promote your event or your show, because it could be uh, obviously a combined training association organization as well as dressage. But uh, anything that involves dressage, we would love to hear from you. Well, before we hear from our next guest this week, I want to remind you about one of our sponsors here on the Dressage Radio Show who make this show possible each week. And every time you shop at Equestrian Collections, you can earn points for yourself and your riding organization of your choice. This is Equestrian Collections' way of rewarding its valued customers and supporting the equestrian community. For every dollar you spend at Equestrian Collections, you will earn one point. And each time you accumulate four, 500 points, you'll receive a $25 rewards gift certificate, redeemable, of course, at Equestrian Collections. And you can collect rewards for your horse too. You, for your horse, you can celebrate his special birthday with a $10 rewards certificate email to you during the month of your horse's birthday and of course redeemable at equestrian collections and you can find all your favorite dressage brands like rumpf international carrots fits and good rider at equestriancollections.com which has everything dressage for both horse and rider so check them all out at equestriancollections.com and uh, we're delighted that equestrian collections was one of the participating retailers of the horse world gives back.com
Well, we're coming now to my second guest this week, Susan Duta. She had a fantastic weekend at the Capital Classic CDI one, uh, CDI three star, that is, in North Carolina last week. And I was able to catch up with Susan right after the competition and before she headed north for the summer. Well, Susan, you've had a wonderful weekend there at the Rally Capital Dressage Classic CDI three star over in North Carolina. Congratulations! What a wonderful weekend. Thank you very much, Chris. And that, that kind of did it. It sounds like on paper it went according to plan. When you win two classes, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't get any better. It's very satisfying when you have a good horse and he goes well and he wins two classes. That that makes a lot of things uh, fall in place. Well, it certainly does that. You won the Grand Prix and then, of course, the freestyle. And uh, I've I'm catching you as you finish there this weekend on your way north to New York for 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 the summer. So we'll talk a little bit about your bases and and the rest of your horses. But first of all, we, I'd like to hear a little bit more about how that went. You, you had two two horses in the ribbons there: Golden Choice and Currency. And Currency, as I said, you won two classes with him. And uh, with Golden Choice, you you got a second, uh, sorry, a sixth, a seventh, and a, and a fourth. So uh, up there in the ribbons with him too. Yeah, we. Um, these are both two horses that I've had. Currency I've had since she's three, and Golden Choice since she's four. So these are these are like my kids, and uh, and we're we're partners. They're. It's really fun now. I feel like now I'm getting to reap the benefit of all the years of training and and building and strengthening. And they're just, uh, you know, Currency is just now starting to shine. It's maybe his fifth or not fifth, sixth, seventh Grand Prix. He has not done so many. And uh, he's starting now to come into his own. It's it, it's still not, you know, my rides are still not clean. He's still a bit green. I'm making some mistakes. He's making some mistakes. But he has incredible highlights. And I think he has a really promising future. Um, this weekend he showed me that uh, he can stay really focused and, and listening and and he had way more expression in his gates. I just, I feel, I feel like I kept saying to my people around here, I just need some mileage. I just need some time. And I feel like it's really starting to grow in the right way. And Golden Choice, this is uh, a horse that I have done Grand Prix on that I dropped down to the small tour this year. And uh, because of the Pan Am trials, and maybe she hasn't done as well as I've wanted to, but she's, really gotten nice to ride and uh she's always a delight and a very steady horse for me and uh, i look forward to bumping her back up to the grand prix level you mentioned that you've had them since they were youngsters where did you find them and and what breeding tell us about their breeding and 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 how you found them okay so um they're both great stories uh golden choice was bought in the PSI auction in 2003. Uh, she uh, is. I was training with Klaus Bockenhall at the time in Germany, and so he helped me find her. And uh, I uh, was lucky enough to be able to get her in the auction. And then Currency was um, like two and a half and running in the field. And my husband's business partner Guido Klotte saw him out in the field and called my husband and said, hey, I think I saw Susie's next horse. So the both of them went to, uh, brought the horse into the indoor. I think 
my trainer at the time, Denny Cowan, was with them, and they all three looked at him and he said, that's the one. So they bought him, and then he was broke and ridden for a while by uh, Guido's wife, uh, Britta Clata, and then at three and a half, they sent him over to me, and the rest is, you know, history. <laughs> Just part, well, part of the so, journey now, isn't it? It is a journey. It is a journey, and that's, you know, the one thing that my husband knew going into this whole thing is that he could always afford to buy me young horses, but he couldn't afford to buy trained horses. So early on in my career, he sent me to Europe to learn how to make a horse. You know, we took this horse gumshoes that uh, was an ex-jumper, a six-year-old, and I went there and I learned to, you know, train it from its first flying change to piat passage, the whole thing. And I had that horse for, I think, eight years in the Grand Prix. So... That was my first one, and I don't know what I'm on now. I think I'm on my 12th, 13th Grand Prix horse now. So I, I think that was a very valuable thing that my husband did for me is to is to send me there to learn how to make them, you know. So I always have something to ride if we buy the good quality young horses, the good brains and the right mechanics. And I do my job, of course, with a lot of guidance and help by all my trainers. But, you know, I'm the one doing the work, making the half-halts, you know, been teaching them changes on this daily basis. And some days it's not so easy. And some days you think, oh, it's never going to happen. And then all of a sudden you look down the stable aisle and you have three Grand Prix horses. And you're mm. like, wow, mm. <laughs> it worked out, <laughs> you know. So, Well, your husband, fun. Tim Duter, of course, of the Duter Corporation, who was a guest on the Dressage Radio Show back uh, earlier this year on episode 99 you can uh, listen to that episode if you haven't uh, caught it yet and it tells you all about how to fly horses and uh, you're a little bit involved in that business Susie or are you too busy with your horses well I I mean I'm I know what's going on in the business and my husband and I are always talking about uh, who he's moving and you know what some of the things logistics of things but I'll have to say that that uh, that Tim and his team, uh, Karen and and Claire, they 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 are the probably in Missy in Florida that they run that business and they're the the details. I I'm sort of the cheerleader. You guys are doing great, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, and they're they're always uh, so supportive of me and they they take care of all the stuff that I need. They're even they're even my backup as much as they're his backup. So. It's a that's a great um, operation, the Duda Corp. I have to say. <laughs> well, it, it, very convenient to have your husband in the transport business. That if you did want to take horses back and forth to Europe, you know who to call. Yeah, he makes it very easy for yeah, me. It's very easy. Well, yeah. let's talk a little bit more about the other horses. You said you can look down the aisle now. You've got three Grand Prix horses. How many yeah. horses do you have in total, Susie? In total, I have five. Um, the other Grand Prix horse I have is Manette DC, and she did well in Florida this year. Uh, she took this show off. She had a small, like, little injury, but uh, and I just decided to to give her the weekend off just to be for sure, for certain that she was fine. But she'll be back, and I think we're going to Milton, Ontario, so we'll take them all there. All three horses will go there. And, uh, and then I have two young horses in Europe at the moment, uh, one seven-year-old that's in training at Jürgen Kerschel's and Christoph Kerschel's place, and then one five-year-old that's in training um, with a very good young horse rider over there in Germany. 
we, we try to keep, you know, that's how you have future horses is to buy the young ones and keep them going and training. And eventually you have younger ones. And normally I do them myself, but this year I wanted to concentrate on these three Grand Prix horses and keep that my focus. So I decided to leave the young ones in Europe. Do you have a preference with breed of horse, Susie? Not really. No. I, I, uh, no. I, I, you know, I guess we just, um, I like Oldenburgs, you know, I mean, I love Curry. He's probably my perfect type of horse if I had to pick one. You know, I love these long legs and, you know, knees. I think that's a really pretty type. But, um, uh, no, I, you know, I think a good horse with good gates and the right size for me and the right temperament and mechanics, I'll take it. You know, I, I've never, I've never turned a horse away because of its breeding or, or color or, you know, a good horse to me is a good horse. <laughs> so is Curry so. the barn name for currency, I'm guessing? Yes, that's right. <laughs> it's suitable for an Indian, a man that, uh, for, because Tim and his Indian, you know, heritage, so he named him Curry. (laughs) That was easy, yes. (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit about your operation, Susie. You've got five horses uh, right Mm -hmm. now, and you're making your way north um, via Raleigh from your base in Wellington up to New York, as I mentioned, for the summer. Hopefully it'll be a a little bit cooler up there for you for the summer. Yeah. Yeah, How do do you balance your operation? How, How does it work? Well, I have my three horses that are on the road with me, and then I have um, my best friend and a client, Anna Tillman. She's an amateur rider that does the small tour, and then Isabel Liebler is my young rider who actually won the young riders. Uh, I guess she won all three tests this weekend in Raleigh. She's uh, you know only 16 years old, first season, and she's really good, so that's kind of exciting. And, uh, and we, you know, I ride half a day and then I'm a mom and the other half. And normally I work a lot more, but this year I've really chosen to focus. Um, another reason why the young horses are in Europe where I'm trying to focus just a half a day in the stable and, you know, be very serious about the horses. And then half a day as a mom, because I have a nine-year-old son and he's, uh, you know, that's important to me. I'm trying to train a Grand Prix kid here and they need, <laughs> you know, they need their time too. He's riding and uh, I want to be there while he rides and, you know, go to his lessons and do what he wants to do, you know, half a day and be a wife and a mother. And that's important too, you know. So, so just for this few years, that's what my, my plan is. Well, you mentioned Isabel uh, Liebler, of course. She was a guest on the show back in episode 52, that was. So so you can uh, go back and listen to Isabel, as you said, a a rising star indeed. And she, too, has had a great weekend there in rally, as you said. Yeah, I'm so proud of her. She's done a really good job. And she was was exceptionally good today in the Kerr. So uh, it's pretty fun. It's fun to have a talented kid like that. Absolutely. Train. So you've got something to celebrate then uh, after this show. A big celebratory I dinner, so. I would say. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think there's going to be a celebration. They're going to pack, everybody's packing right now, and then we'll definitely celebrate tonight. We're, we're big on celebrating every win, you know, that it's all, they all mean something. So Yeah, you can't ever take anyone for granted, can you? 
No, we don't. No, exactly. I'm big on that in my stable. I I tell the girls that, that we, you know, it's a journey and uh, we we have fun every day. Uh, I have two fabulous grooms, uh, Francesca and Verti, and these, and, and, in our stable, my husband's a lot of fun. My son's fun. My clients are great. We we really try to enjoy ourselves because it is a lot of work, and you know there are a lot of long hours. And but we we're so lucky. We have we get to spend these days with people we like and horses we love. So I mean, what could be better? And then win. And <laughs> then we're on that, top so. of it. So was yeah. it always dressage for you, Susie? No, no. I was a um, an eventing rider up until uh, I was done with young riders. So, uh, you know, I've ridden uh, advanced three day. I've done young riders. You know, from to the, I've done like the uh, at, at Templeton Farm the real young riders. I didn't do it as a dressage rider. I did it as an event rider, and then I switched once I was done with the um, whole. You know, once I was out of young riders, I switched to dressage. What persuaded you to convert? I I got a little bit afraid, and um, my horses were really just young rider horses, so I decided that uh, it was time for me to sell them. And if I wanted to keep riding for my life, which I knew I wanted to continue riding, I had to choose either you know just to be a show jumper or to go to dressage. And I, I chose the dressage because it was really... Um, my love you know I was that was where I thought I excelled more than the jumping so unlike was, most event riders who can't wait to get past the dressage phase to get onto yeah. the, the cross-country course <laughs> well you mentioned that you tra- train with Klaus Balkenhol who who is your trainer in the U.S. right now um, I train with Oded Shimoni he's my main trainer and then I get uh, help from Robert Dover also. But I've just uh, finished a year in Europe with Rudolf Seilinger. And uh, I've, I've been so lucky with the trainers that I've, I've been, I've had, I've been very blessed with that, with Jürgen y- Kerschel, George Tedorescu, uh, you know, uh, like Robert, uh, Lars Peterson. I mean, you, I, I'm a lot of, top, top people have given me their knowledge and, and, uh, in that I'm blessed. But right now, Odette is doing a super job. He's uh, a stickler on the basics and, uh, relaxation and following. It's not anything special except for the fact he follows it so through to the end. And I think that makes the difference, uh, for me at the moment, that's making a big difference in my whole picture of my riding. Well, you mentioned Odette there, of course. He also coincidentally does train the U.S. eventing team. It uh, helps them with their dressage yeah. as well. So um, home to New York now and uh, for the summer months. What's on the competition schedule? You mentioned Canada, and you now you've topped the seven. You're into the 70s now with uh, Curry, as you call him. Uh, what's the plan mm-hmm. now? Do you want to get into those mid-70s by the time you get to Canada? What's the plan, Susie? I mean that's that's really what I'm hoping, you know, is to um is to be able to push this horse up into the 70s. I mean he's get, he's getting there now and stay up there. It 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 is a very promising horse and it is for sure a 70 plus plus horse. I'm just, you know, it takes time, right? 
And, um, but that's my goal is to get him built up. Um, I have Milton, Ontario, and uh, then I have Saugerties in, and then Gladstone. So over these next three shows, I'm hoping to get him as solid as I can in, into that category. And then, um, and then we have Devin. And if, in fact, he's going as well as I hope he is, then we'll go to Europe and do some indoor shows. So that will be the winter circuit for you then instead of Florida? No, I will just go in the fall, late fall, and do two months of shows, maybe three shows, two, three shows with him. Just just enough to get him, you know, because I would like to try for the World Cup, just enough to get him in some of that atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And so, you know, there's nothing better than the exactly the situation that you need to be in you know he he needs that takes the the atmosphere of the big indoor shows in Europe you can only uh get used to them by doing them so i think that that would be the best thing for him i think it's impossible for me to leave florida if i did make the world cup to go a little bit early and do a couple i rather go in the fall where there's really not much going on here and do a couple nice shows and go home and have a Nice uh, Florida season. I I never I spent one Florida season away, and I I told myself I'd never do that again. It's the place to be in the winter. Well, a complete contrast, of course, from the European indoor scene back to the sun, sunny Florida. When would you aim to go down there then for the winter season? I think season? the horses would be there by the end of December. Right. Mid-December. Of course, you've got everything you need down there, and uh, not least of all this, uh, what you have at the moment, but then the plans for this new dressage complex there at Palm Beach. I know. I mean, it's it's just looking fabulous for us for horse shows. So, you know, that's that's. I mean, that's the place to be now. They're they they're going to have so many horse shows. We're going to have to shake our heads and figure out where to go. You know, so. Wonderful. What a problem. Yes, what a wonderful problem you have. But uh, but mm-hmm. for the meantime, Susan, thank you for stopping off uh, on your way to New York to talk to us, and good luck with the rest of the season. And as I said, congratulations on a fabulous weekend at, there at the Capital Dressage Class- Classic in Raleigh, North Carolina. Safe travels and come back and see us again soon. Thank you very much, Chris. And one of our valued sponsors here on the Dressage Radio Show and indeed on the Horse Radio Network is Kentucky Performance Products. They were also one of the participating retailers for our Horse World Gives Back campaign.com. So I want to thank them for all their support here and remind you all that it's that time of year when your horse will be sweating more and needs some help in replenishing fluids. That's where KPP can help you. They offer a solution with Summer Games Electrolyte that's originally created for horses competing at the Olympic Games. This formulation is a combination of minerals similar to the levels typically lost in sweat. And Summer Games is a concentrated electrolyte that contains minimal sugar and supports normal hydration. Plus, it's palatable and easy to feed. So help your horse beat the heat with Summer Games Electrolyte. And you can find out more about this product and all of the other KPP products by visiting their website at kppusa.com. Or you can call 1-800-772-1988 for more information. And to learn more about horse nutrition, you can interact with the KPP experts on their Facebook fan page. 
Well, our next segment here on the Dressage Radio Show is called Words of Wisdom. You may have heard uh, the last week that we introduced this new segment where I'm bringing you extracts from books and some of the masters in dressage with some words of wisdom. The German poet Novalis said, Every disease is a musical disorder. Every cure is a musical solution. I find that riding, which depends so much on precision of rhythm, seamless flow of motion and interaction based on emotional awareness, is a musical activity in many ways. While music may well be the most unnecessary necessity of life, it is a great source of pleasure and inspiration to all of us. Particularly from a rider's point of view, we ought to understand that in music, the silences are as important as the notes. So it is in riding that the times of introspective passivity and harmony with the horse's action are as important as the times giving the aids. The musical silences are analogous to the rider's promotion of the status quo, and the sounds are analogous to influences for change. So it is that in the art of riding, as in music, there are periods of omission or silences alternating with periods of commission or sounds. Riders who understand this can sensitize their horses to appear as if they read their rider's mind and hasten their eager compliance with their rider's wishes. Riders out of tune with their horses remain out of tune with many other things in life because... The musical dimension of riding penetrates to the very centre of our character. This extract is taken from Dressage Principles Illuminated by Charles de Comfy and published by Trafalgar Square Publishing in 2002. And that's it for this week's show. And a reminder to the young reporters out there under 20 years of age, email me at chris at horseradionetwork.com if you'd like to report on your local show anywhere in the world. And our show notes, of course, are at dressageradio.com where you can find all kinds of goodies. You can click on the Audible link for the free trial. You can go shopping at Amazon and you can download the Hallway Feeds iPhone app so you can listen to the show on the go, as so many of you do, I know. And don't forget to check out our Facebook fan page. We always love to hear from you there, your comments, questions and suggestions. We are, of course, on Twitter, Chris E. Stafford and Horse Radio. Don't forget you can reach me, as always. Love to hear from you. Chris at horseradionetwork.com is my email address. Well, that's it. I will be back same time, same place next week, of course. So until then, don't forget to check out all the other shows here on the Horse Radio Network. And as always, thank you for listening.